Welcome to the Year of Magical Living podcast with me, Imogen Roy. Today's episode is more of a feeling magic, possibility of magic episode, but I'll call it a seeing magic podcast (laughs) because I'm going to share about the menstrual cycle. And this is an episode for anyone who menstruates, who wants to explore their relationship to menstruation, knows or loves someone who menstruates, or is simply curious about learning how the human body works. Now what I find so profoundly magical about the menstrual cycle is the incredible and rich and diverse journey that a human being goes on in the course of one cycle. Emotional journey, physical journey, mental journey, journey through their relationships, and a journey through various archetypal energies that can arise as a result of the unique cocktail of hormones that are traveling through their body. And what I'm sharing with you here is based on my areas of curiosity for me as a menstruator and the magical things that I learned or picked up on as I explored this hidden topic, this invisible topic that affects billions of people around the world. But I have to say that, as you can guess, I am not a doctor. I'm not a hormone expert. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a gynecologist. So what I'm going to share with you here is an exploration of the archetypal energies that someone might go through or experience as they move through their cycle. Our cycles are as unique as we are. And there is no such thing as a perfect cycle. You may have a very different relationship to your cycle than I do. You may be having long cycles, short cycles, um, endometriosis cycles, PCOS cycles. And let's not forget that cycles, the menstrual cycle has no gender. And people of all genders can menstruate. So there is a lot of nuance and individualization needed here. What I'm about to share, I share from a place of possibility rather than absolute truth. These are the things that I learned from various experts that I admire and trust. And these are the things that have made the greatest difference to my life as someone who menstruates and also wants to participate in society without burning out, shaming myself or finding myself wrong for my body's experience. Because while it's great that we're living in a time where there is increasing awareness and destigmatization about menstruality, I love that word, that word comes from the... Uh, Alexandra Pope and Shani Wurlitzer, the founders of the Red School, menstruality. <laughs> but yeah, we're living in this time where there's less, stig- there's less stigma 
But there is also a new kind of stigma, which is, you know, before we were shamed as menstruating people and women for and segregated in many cases from society because we were considered unclean and impure. Um, that menstrual blood could poison wells and cause crops to fail. <laughs> but now we're shamed in a different way because we're shamed for being inconsistent. We're shamed for being unproductive at certain times of the month and we're shamed for not fitting in to the obedient, compliant, highly social, smiling, good girl archetype when we arrive in those seasons of the cycle that call us inwards to evaluate and assess and make decisions about what's right for us. We do not live in a world that is designed to accommodate the menstruating population. That's just it. We're not. So what we can do is decide to not participate in this collective shaming. To decide that we will not find ourselves wrong for our bodies. And by unhooking from shame and approving of and accepting ourselves, we can finally tap into all the power that is available for us when we work with rather than against our bodies. Because shame is a really powerful tool of social control. But here's the trick. It requires your participation. If you do not feel ashamed, then it loses its grip over you. Shame requires you to feel the shame for it to work. So while we can't wait for society and institutions and educational systems to change fast enough, we can start the change by refusing to participate in our own shaming. And what I found, at least for me personally, a great way to uncouple from shame is to celebrate and really see the magic and the beauty and the sheer potential that is there in these cycles, in these body processes that we were stopped from understanding, stopped from embracing, stopped from celebrating. The more we celebrate and share and talk openly about menstruation, and the menstrual cycle, and our inconsistency, and the changing seasons, the less we can be shamed. So the first thing that I find truly magical about the menstrual cycle is that the menstrual function or the reproductive system is just one part of a hormonal rhythm called the infradian rhythm you know, in the same family as a circadian rhythm that governs a woman or a menstruating person's key body systems. So that's the brain, your immune system, your metabolism, your stress response, and your reproductive system or your menstrual cycles. So what's the hormones that are creating the menstrual cycle 
also have a profound impact on your mood, your cognitive ability, your appetite, how sensitive you are, your libido, your productivity, and even your weight, which will change naturally of its own accord throughout your cycle because of your infradian rhythm driving the hormones around your body. So yes, you will have a lot more cortisol in your system in the second half of your cycle in what's called the luteal phase than you will in your first half. So you will feel more stressed and more sensitive. You will feel more hungry in the second half of your, of your cycle in the luteal phase than you do in your first half because your body does actually have a greater need for calories. I think it's about 200 extra calories on average, even though it can feel like a thousand, <laughs> but your body does have a greater need. It is burning off more calories in the second half of your cycle than the first. Your cognitive ability, your mental sharpness is greater in the first half of your cycle than after ovulation. Your immune system is a lot more vigilant in your follicular phase, the first half of your cycle, than it is in the second half, which is why you're more likely to fall ill in the second half of your cycle. And let's not even get started on mood. <laughs> All cyclical beings have shifting moods, but those feelings can feel very pronounced and very regular if you're someone with a menstrual cycle. Did you know that any of these things were the case? I certainly didn't until I was 29 years old. I had zero idea that this infradian rhythm, this hormonal system that governs menstruation, had such a far-reaching impact on our bodies. And it really reveals that it, there really is a right time and a worse time to take on certain tasks or projects or obligations and that our needs for exercise and rest and food are going to be very, very different at different times of our cycle. So we are inconsistent. That is something to be celebrated and it's something to be worked with, not against. Even in those few examples that I gave, I'm sure you can instantly see and understand that mainstream medical advice, fitness and exercise guidance, nutrition, does not take the infradian rhythm into account. And if you are trying to stick to a rigid diet plan or a fitness routine that demands daily commitment, daily exercise, the same thing every day, you will often find yourself making yourself ill, very exhausted, unwell and exacerbating any mood or emotional um, issues that you chose this diet or fitness plan to alleviate in the first place. Essentially, your body is magic. It's calibrating and changing how you experience yourself every day of your cycle. And that's something so, so powerful if you're able to work with it. So if it's not very clear already. <laughs> if you have an infradian rhythm, if you're someone that has a menstrual cycle, you have to break up with the impossible expectation 
of being the same every day and doing the same things every day. Consistency for you is not self-care. It is not good for your well-being. Because each, each month or each cycle, you are going to travel through four distinct hormonal patterns or seasons, as we might call them. And each of those seasons, two in the follicular, two in the luteal phase, are going to bring different experiences, different gifts and different challenges. And so adjusting your self-care and your expectations of yourself and your commitments to others in each phase where you can is really going to supercharge your well-being, how you feel about yourself, your productivity, and just the magic, the magicness of your life. So let's explore these seasons then together. And to help bring them to life in your mind, I want to introduce you to your inner counsel. Your inner counsel has four guardians. And these four guardians each are responsible for the archetypal energy of one of those seasons. There's your inner child who shows up in spring. There's your inner superhero or inner warrior who shows up in summer. There's your inner editor who shows up in autumn and your inner sage or your inner witch or whichever word resonates best for you. They are the guardian of your winter time, the winter time being menstruation. So let's explore together some of those gifts, challenges, experiences that each of these seasons can bring us. So start, let's start with winter because in conventional period tracking, day one is the day your period arrives. So let's start there. So winter, we are often familiar with the winter feelings. Those are those feelings of a deep, deep desire to pull away from the world, to rest, feelings of fatigue and emotional vulnerability, perhaps accompanied by physical symptoms like pain or cramps. Um, it, can be feel, it can feel really hard to engage or to concentrate or do anything that we would describe as productive. But there are many opportunities in this season. How you care for yourself in your winter when you're menstruating really sets the tone for the rest of your cycle. And so as much as you can, being able to retreat and rest, especially in your exercise routine or any massive physical uh, obligations that require a lot of energy that can be postponed if possible. This is also a time where it's a great opportunity to ask and receive help and support, uh, to have someone tend for you or to take on some of your, your burdens. Challenges, of course, in our winter time is feelings of guilt, feeling that we have to carry on or hide the fact that we have our periods or not let the side down or not reveal any weakness. And in a society that makes menstruation completely invisible and expects us to perform the same all the time, no matter what's going on, it can be really, really hard to reconcile with these feelings. For many people, even just giving themselves permission to rest a little more or to have a lower expectation of themselves is, is what that menstrual season is going to be about. But for some who are able to, 
it can be a really powerful time to connect with your intuition, to hear inner wisdom and get clarity without forcing too much. And the two ladies who founded the Red School, which is uh, an organization that promotes healthy menstruality, they have this concept called the big bleed, this idea that you can treat uh, menstruation once a year, once every few years, or every month if you, if you want to, as a kind of ritual to connect with yourself as a self-care ritual and to bleed on problems, issues, um, challenges that you're facing, to allow that intuition to reveal suggestions or hits or send you nudges that you might not necessarily be so receptive to or be so quiet to in other seasons or phases of your cycle where you have a lot more energy. After winter comes spring. For many, this seasonal change is a great, great sign of relief. So spring is has the guardian of, the, of your inner child because this time is often a time of emergence, re-emergence, of feeling energy rise as you move towards ovulation. Feels like a fresh start and you may even feel that you feel very playful, optimistic, childlike. You're willing to explore new ideas and experiment with things, take risks that you normally wouldn't and break from a routine or start a new one. It's a really great time if you feel this archetypal spring energy in your cycles to roll with this, to use this to your advantage. Of course, challenges can be, you know, if you're really rolling with this inner child energy that you are actually finding it hard to focus or get things done or knuckle down with something or that you are saying yes to too many things and that's going to catch up with you later in your cycle when it's time for you to, to follow through on those commitments you may said yes to but you do not have anywhere near the same amount of energy. If you're able to plan ahead and forecast and work, use your menstrual cycle to plan your life, you can use the spring energy time to really get ahead with new things, um, start projects, get the ball rolling and throw your energy into passions or relationships or, or tasks that you really, really care about because you have the energy here to serve them. After spring comes summer and your inner superhero takes the stage. This is, summer is effectively the window around ovulation and that summer high energy kind of magnetism, productivity is linked to all the hormones that are firing in preparation for ovulation. Uh, as well as estrogen peaking, this is also a time when testosterone peaks. So you're feeling more confident. Uh, you're probably gonna take risks easier and it's gonna be a very action-focused time. The guardian of your inner summer season is the superhero because people often feel unstoppable in this phase, that you can do more with less and your communication feels more powerful. Your presentation skills are finely honed and it feels easier to do hard things. So 
when your superhero is in town, this is a great time to put in the hours on hard things, make big moves, have difficult conversations, and take action on some of those insights that you might have had in your winter time during menstruation when you were so focused on what was not going well. Your superhero can make good on those promises. But also, this is not just a season for work and doing hard things, it's a season for pleasure because you probably want to be social. Uh, you want to schedule in as much pleasure and fun as you can because this energy is making you likely want to go out and explore the world, to be with others, to engage with others. The challenges of being in tandem with your inner superhero around ovulation is that there can sometimes be angst about wasting this energy. If you're not exactly sure how you want to use this powerful energy, it can, it can be a source of anxiety because you feel like it's this resource which is running low and you haven't channeled it anywhere that you care about. And a fix for this is that when you go into your autumn and winter is to get very calm and, and go within to try and hear for desires here for priorities that you would like to send your energy to in the next cycle. And as well, we live in a culture that really values us when we're in our spring and, and summer superhero energy. And so it can be a temptation to try and get as much done as possible and do all of the things and people please. And we can end up being in, in an endless summer where we have totally overshot our energy and we crash into our autumn and winter, which is a very, very unpleasant experience. The secret to getting the best out of your superhero is to know exactly why and where you want to put this powerful energy, make good on promises that your autumn and winter uh, revealed to you that were important, and to not overdo it. After expansion comes contraction. And so after ovulation, usually between days eight and 19, perhaps, depending on your cycle, it's time to head into autumn. And the energy which was once outward facing and expanded starts to want to come home. It is calling you home to yourself. And so arrival in autumn, which is the beginning of the luteal phase, is often felt accompanied by less energy, a sense of wanting to detach or withdraw from the world, and sometimes some nagging negative thoughts or self-criticism or criticism of others. And these are all changing parts of your emotional landscape. Remember that your infradian rhythm affects your stress response. And so as you go into autumn and winter, you are going to have more cortisol in your system if you get stressed, which is going to make any emotions or fears during this time more pronounced and you will just feel less resilient with dealing with them. For some, they really struggle with autumn. It's a time where it feels like you're your own worst enemy and nothing seems to be going right. If you're someone who suffers with very extreme PMS, premenstrual stress or premenstrual syndrome or PMDD, which is a very um, pronounced version that can bring on depressive tendencies, 
then your autumn may be your least favorite time of your cycle and one that comes very emotionally charged. Two resources that I have found incredibly useful but also provide a lot of advice and solace for those who find their autumns difficult are Maisie Hill's two books, Period Power and Perimenopause Power, which came out very recently, and Alyssa Vitti, who's written In the Flow and Woman Code. So I advise that you check those books out if you're looking for more uh, expert support on how to, to work with these challenging seasons for you in your cycle. The guardian of our inner autumn is our editor, but if it resonates with you, you can also go ahead and call them your inner bitch. <laughs> because sometimes the insights or the feelings or the thoughts that, that, that arrive in this season are challenging, critical, harsh. But what if PMS isn't 100% problematic, but in some ways prophetic? What if some of the thoughts and criticisms that arise within us during our autumn are in fact a kind of great reveal where other parts of us are speaking their truth and instead of rose-tinted glasses which we're wearing in our spring and summer, in our autumn we get to wear x-ray specs and it's very clear what's not working in our lives, in our jobs, in our relationships, in any dynamics in our lives. And that rather than tamping those feelings down or denying them or gaslighting ourselves, not believing ourselves, perhaps those thoughts and insights require greater attention. Perhaps there are some changes that we should make in our lives to be more purposeful, to be more well, to be more aligned with who we really are. Decisions do need to be made and hard conversations need to be had, which is exactly why it's a great idea to take a note of any of these insights that arise and then you can address them with your spring and summer energy when you're in a different place. Having less energy isn't necessarily always a bad thing because it forces us to be more efficient and to be pretty ruthless about where we're spending it. And that capacity to chop off the dead ends, to analyze, to evaluate where we're sending our resources is a really, really precious gift. Because if you're able to work with all these four seasons, four phases, four archetypal energies, and honor each of them and follow their guidance and use them well, with each cycle, you can evolve yourself, your well-being, your relationships with this beautiful fluidity and moving with this constant process of change. It's a natural prevention of stagnation and stuckness in our lives because anything that's no longer working, anything that requires change is going to become highly visible to us when we're in our autumn if only we're brave enough to look and see it. You definitely don't need a menstrual cycle to experience and embody these four archetypes, to call on your inner counsel of your inner child, your inner superhero, your inner editor and your inner sage. 
But having an infradian rhythm and having a menstrual cycle makes it a lot harder to ignore them. When you live in alignment with your cycle and honor these seasons, your superhero can make good on the promises that you made to your editor and your sage when you were bleeding. Your inner child is able to instigate the change and get hard things started. And your editor whips off the rose-tinted glasses once a month, pops on the x-ray specs, so that you can rid your life of BS and unnecessary obligations and things that are not working for you each month. How beautiful and powerful is that? And this is what I mean when I say menstrual cycle magic. If you have a menstrual cycle, you have this inbuilt process of change that allows you to call on all these different parts of yourself in order to have such a rich experience of life. When we work with our internal seasons in this way, and we let go of of this idea that we should be consistent and that being the same every day is what's valuable about us, then we can finally, finally tap into that magic and live far much more purposeful, productive, fulfilling, creative, loving lives. And it starts with approval. It starts with approving and accepting your body and understanding that you are perfectly right. And if you honor your inner seasons, your timing will always be right. Now, I hope this has left you with some food for thought. If this is new to you, and if it's not new, maybe it's served as a gentle reminder of maybe one or two ways in which you can shower yourself with more approval, tap into whatever season you're in right now, or listen out to your inner counsel. What is that guardian trying to say to you right now? And can you listen? Thank you so much for joining me for the Year of Magical Living podcast. You'll find some of the resources I mentioned in the show notes, and I'll be with you again soon.